Welcome here to Scandinavian Tennis Podcast. My name is Rune Thompson. And my name is Linus Eriksson. Here we will talk you through this week's most interesting happenings on the tennis tours. Vamos, let's go! It's Sunday evening, uh, the 4th of December, and uh, we have a new episode of the Scandinavian Tennis Pod coming up here. Uh, it's a little off-season, sort of, uh, but we still have a lot to talk about today, Rune. We have a guest as well that will join us the last part of the episode, uh, Ole Storhaug. But first of all, Rune Thompson, how are you today? Good, and I will just correct you, you know, say we are never off-season in this podcast. We are always in season so i think uh yeah maybe the players need a break but we are on uh yeah every yeah, yeah. every week uh yeah. all year round that's true i like that uh actually even some of the professional players that are on off season is still playing casper Ruud, for example was in mexico and played i think uh uh a match with the rafael nadal uh what do you think that about that the top players are still playing during their off season and then complain about the long season no, they, I mean, the very top players doesn't have a, have too much of a season. You can also see that's also why Federer and all these guys can keep playing until they're 40 because they can do a very gentle season. But of course, for the lower level players, they need the risk. But there has also been a, a very, um, how can you say, controversial tournament in, in Russia these days where many players have been paid a lot to come and play exhibition matches in, in Russia, which a lot of, especially <laughs> the... The pro Ukrainians doesn't like so there has been a little bit of fight I think uh, uh, mm. about that because it's about morals and ethics and yeah you never know. Yeah, do you agree with that? Bad morals. Of course, I mean everybody has their own standpoint. So if you feel that it's fine to go to Russia and play a match and get paid one hundred thousand um, uh, euros, then it's fine. I mean, but of course. If then afterwards you cannot stand there and say it, it you're sorry about what happening it happens in in Ukraine. I think so. Yeah, uh, I I think it that that looked really bad. I think uh, for those players. I agree. Uh, I agree. I, I, we we didn't mention it last week actually, but uh, I think uh, Nick Kyrgios is uh, have uh, agreed to a friendly match with Casper uh, Ruud in uh, Norway, right next year. No, it's Holger Rune in Copenhagen. Oh, sorry, Holger Rune. Sorry, sorry, in Denmark. Yeah. Yes. But yeah. it's 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 quite weird. Oh, I don't know if it's weird. It's it's indoor hardcore and it's uh, right before French Open, and we talked about it also uh, okay. in the other, <laughs> other episode. Yes. I forgot so. that. Sorry. It's okay, Linus. <laughs> uh, my, my, I'm getting old here, maybe. Uh, but we will start this week's uh, episode, Rune, with. Uh, uh, I don't know if you have listened, but I listened to the last episode of the Source Tennis Pod with our friends uh, Alex Tiroridis and Patrick Rogan. In Swedish, though, uh, but they. I also listened, and I understood the Swedish. Oh, you did. Okay, uh, I don't understand Danish, but you, yeah, that's a little bit why we talk English here. Anyway, uh, they mentioned us uh, and uh, question a little bit why we said that uh, Kaisarina Lupashon haven't played a full calendar with her 19 tournaments, uh, and uh, and said like, uh, why do a full calendar needs to be 30 tournaments? Uh, what what did you think when you heard that, uh, Rune? No, I think it's it's everybody has uh, each stand standpoint, but I think no uh, no players or coaches will say that twenty tournaments as a pro uh, player is enough. So of course it's very 
very much in the lower end of uh, when you can call yourself a professional player because you have to think about when you're a professional this is your full-time work or your full-time earning and with only 20 tournaments it's very hard to make any living money-wise but also point-wise mm, because a ranking for, for the girls is based on 16 results uh, exactly exactly uh, and and then if you if you play less than 16 you don't even count everything you can uh, no. but, but that's also why you need to have some kind of margin for some uh, some results-wise worse of weeks of Yes, so, and for the men's it's 19, so that means you have to get even higher there. Yeah, uh, actually we will cut in uh, a little part of what Alex and Patrick talks about uh, now. Då vet jag att den här andra podden uh, som snackar skandinavisk tennis kommenterade att Kajsa inte hade ett full calendar year för att hon bara hade spelat 19 tävlingar. Ja, men vad ligger deras eh, krav på att man ska spela 30 och vara en jäkla häst på toren? Eller vad är, vad är kravbilden där? And a little bit after they said this, they also mentioned that uh, what we didn't know was that Kaiser Rinaldo have played more matches than for example Henneman, uh, Miriam Björklund, Rebecca Pitchon and Kaiser have played 59 matches which I think Patrick said is a lot, which I think is weird because 59 matches is not so much, or? No, no. I think mo- most of the players on the on the future level are around 70. And and when we talk, at least in Sweden, when we talk about juniors, we try to talk like we, we aim for 100 matches a year, including doubles, for example. Course, uh, and, and I think if we include doubles, I think Rinaldo is maybe around 80, 85 matches-ish. And, and now it's not like bad. We, we don't want to be negative about Ronaldo. She's just the example here. Uh, so so I yeah, think she had an amazing year, which also our friend in the Source podcast told. So I think it's it's uh, it's only positive that we bring her up because it means that she has shown something uh, unbelievable good this year. Absolutely, uh, absolutely, and and uh, we we really need to make that clear that she she have found a way for her to make her best year in her life so far. Uh, if she played 30 tournaments, maybe she would not have got these results. Uh, but when we talk in general, I still think 19 tournaments is not a full calendar. And 59 matches is maybe not enough of matches if you wanna to, want to maximize your ranking. Uh, and that's everything is based on how the ranking works with 16 results. Uh, so, so I think that's... Uh, that's something that Source needs to consider, uh, honestly. And Kaiser uh, Ronaldo's ranking now is for 60 in the world. And at the end, I would like to cut in one more thing that Patrick Raugan says at the end of the episode that makes everything a little funny. Uh, it comes here. And it's uh, really cool. Philip is a good satsning, and it would be cool if he next year could komma upp i sig ett 30-tal dubbeltävlingar eh, för att ge sig själv en chans och, och ja. göra den här resan eh, kanske ända hela vägen upp till ATP-toren som yes. André gjorde. And those of you that understood Swedish, Patrick uh, says in the end that it would be fun if Filip Bergevi could play 30 tournaments to give himself a, a shot to reach higher levels in doubles next year. So at the end, actually, Patrick says that 30 tournaments is necessary for Bergevi 
uh, to climb higher in the uh, in the rank rankings. Uh, and uh, men's doubles uh, ranking is based on eighteen results, right? 19, 19. 19 results. Uh, so a little bit more, but still, uh, yeah, I think he says against himself there. So this is what I wanted to bring up from the Source uh, podcast. You have every, anything else to add there, uh, Rune? <laughs> no, I just, uh, yeah, hope they can join us very soon in a, in a podcast where we can talk more tennis. That would be lovely. It's always nice to talk tennis. Anyway, okay, let's move over to the uh, to the, this week's results, Rune. <laughs> All right. Yes. Move move over to the results, Rune. You're eager yeah, to we have <laughs> not so much on the pro level, but of course still a little bit. And uh, most positive it was that uh, we had Clara Tausen back on the winning uh, side. She won uh, 25 women's in Italy this week without dropping a seat. So uh, very good for Clara, and now she can go on to play the last two WTA events in France uh, upcoming uh, weeks here in Angers and in Limogos. 125 and hopefully she can get some points there to climb closer to top 100 again where her level is so uh, very positive for, for Clara that she could play a full week uh, and, and manage to finish off great yeah. uh, three three sets went to tie break but overall yes. a consistent performance uh, we must say uh, so so that's good for uh, for Clara uh, do you think she will be, be back in uh, I don't know her her highest ranking is 33. Will she be, be back top 50 next year? I think so, yes, of course. If she can be healthy and, and avoid uh, more injuries or more complications with the with the back, I think she will be back. Her her, her level in the tennis is, uh, uh, without a doubt, uh, good enough for that. Where is uh, Clara's base now? Class, she's been in, in, in Denmark, uh, Copenhagen, for for some time now. To, uh, yeah, and work with who is she working with? Again. Sorry, who is she working with? Uh, the federation and the club now okay. for for a while. All right. I don't think I, I don't know if it's permanent or if it's uh, temporary. Okay, okay. Uh, another senior result. Rebecca Peterson is uh, having a good week. Uh, she reached the final uh, in uh, Andorra, uh, losing to Alicia Parks, the uh, fast serving girl from from the states. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, another good week for for Pitch on a second final in uh, in a row now, uh, and she needs those points. Uh, and this was uh, one uh, one fifteen tournament, and she will play the same in France coming up this week. Uh, is playing actually Jacqueline Christian from Romania uh, that she uh, lost to last year. So we will see if she can uh, get some revenge there. Uh, so Pitch on uh, back on track, uh, we must say. Or Yes, absolute, yeah. and uh, maybe both Clara and Rebecca can close in top hundred uh, end of this year uh, if they do two very good weeks here in the end. Yeah, uh, exactly. And in uh, France, uh, we can mention at the moment we're recording this. Kaisa Henneman is playing up seven five one two in her first uh, qualifying match, and there was two buys in the qualifying there. And uh, well, I I must question why uh, maybe. For example, uh, Kabaya Wad, uh, maybe Rinaldo and those girls aren't there. But uh, yeah, it's their decision to prepare for Elite Serien on uh, home soil instead, uh, I guess. 
Yes, absolute. And then we have the final result on the pro level, and that is Eero Vasa from Finland that won doubles in Madrid M15. In 15, yeah, uh, exactly. But it, it it's a little bit uh, what you you mean with the uh, uh, what did you say the pro level? Uh, I would also like to mention again uh, Julita Sanier till the Strömquist reaching quarterfinal uh, this week in uh, Losada, uh, which for both of them is a good result. Uh, yes, at, at their level. But we we cannot uh, every time you know uh, do exceptions and and mention uh, <laughs> quarterfinals. We have to have to be uh, honest to the to the listeners, and it has nothing to do with Sana and uh, Tilde, of course, because we want them to do best. But <laughs> I think that. If we keep doing exceptions, people will start doubt whether we have uh, some favorites because sometimes <laughs> we will probably forget someone in in, okay. in court. So I, I think I, we have to to stick to semis and up. I, okay, okay, I agree with that. But is it okay that I mentioned that Sanir won the doubles uh, in the same tournament? Is that allowed? <laughs> That's allowed. Okay, good. She she got the title in the doubles, so uh, th- that was why I wanted to bring up Lusada. Okay. <laughs> Uh, okay, moving over to the juniors then. Uh, yeah, many, many juniors, so I will do it fast. And it is not because that we don't think it's important, but it's very good to see that all our Scandinavian uh, juniors are competing uh, so much here in the end of the year still. Uh, and I can say that actually we have all countries on the map for, for this uh, yeah wrap-up here. Uh, first, in the highest grade, Kevin Edengren final in Edihur in USO in, uh, in uh, Florida. Uh, on American uh, clay, very good week for him uh, and his partner from Switzerland. Uh, yeah, made it to final in uh, grade one, so that's good for Kevin, and uh, hopefully he can uh, finish strong next week in Orange Bowl. Mm, good. Then we have Max Dalin winning in France grade three and making semifinal in double. So very good for Max. That also is now uh, catching up. Probably uh, he will not make it until uh, for for Australia. But if he keeps doing some good results and and playing maybe some tournaments uh, when everybody else is in Australia or in South America and in Europe in uh, playing in Europe in the beginning of the year, he can make a make a, uh, a spot for for French Open uh, or Wimbledon uh, later this year, uh, later next year. Yeah, great, great. And very uh, yeah, I think surprising, but very very positive that also in the girls final in France, Grade Three. Same tournament as Max played, Tilde Hesselrud won the tournament. And I think that ca- came a little bit out of the blue, uh, even that, uh, of course, Tilde has a, a, a big potential and also have shown results on, on Scandinavian uh, grade fours and fives before. But winning grade three, three in, in France is is a very good result for, for Tilde, I would say. Who is uh, representing Helsingborg in the upcoming Elite Serien in Sweden? which we will uh, make uh, an episode about uh, next week before it uh, everything starts. Uh, so let's see if she if Tilda will be uh, uh, an anchor in uh, in the Helsingborg uh, squad. And then we, I guess. we also have um... yeah, we have more. I'm not finished. Okay. As I said, there's a lot to go from now, but what I mean with with this, with the, because I think Tilda deserves a little bit more of uh, of talking time than than the others, because before her, her first result was actually semi final in uh, in grade four, so I think that is a, a huge jump, and then also doing in in such a strong tennis nation as uh, as France is is very impressive. So uh, yeah, shoot out to to Tilde and uh, yeah, uh, well done. Good. Yeah. Absolutely. Then in 
in uh, and, uh, yeah exactly yeah keep going keep going in in Lat Latvia uh, in grade three we were also dominating all over the place uh, Scandinavian tennis and Scandinavian juniors which is super positive in the boys we had final with Nikolai Butsko and he also uh, made it to the winner of uh, of doubles so very good for Nikolai that is keep moving and keep climbing and I hope that he's going to play at least one more tournament uh, this year, but maybe he, he's going to wrap it up because if he's do if he's doing so, he can close into uh, to uh, to top two hundred. Okay, but but there's no need to rush that. Uh, to be honest, I guess no. Of course not. But as we talked about, he has played fifteen ITF tournaments this year, and he has played nine uh, tennis Europe. So of course it's fine. But he could also uh, go on. Yeah, I think he has momentum now. And he doesn't have to to prepare for anything special in the, in the beginning of next year. So he could take the preseason in January if he, he wanted to do that. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And then and in, the, the, in the in the girls, hmm? yes, we also had very very strong uh, Norwegian winner Josefine Falster, uh, and it's also Falster's first um, uh, yeah bigger win. So also she deserves uh, a big um, a shootout for that. Just as uh, we gave uh, Tilde and uh, I can see she's playing also next week now in uh, in Latvia and before this uh, result Josefina's best result was winning a grade 5 at home soil in, in Oslo so very impressive to to win uh, this uh, grade 3 and now she's almost 350 uh, with still one year left in junior so positive and in the final she beat it uh, Finnish Stella Remanda so also very impressive by by Stella to to make a yeah a, a final in uh, in grade uh, grade three and also her best results so far on the junior level before she had won a grade four. Yeah, cool. That's very good. Yes. Then yeah. we move on to to Poland where we had a winner in girls doubles with Sara Burkop, and she made semis in singles where she actually had match point to make it to the final. So very good week again from Sara that also is uh, climbing and hopefully can can regain a little bit of momentum after some some tough months here in the fall in okay. the boys we had uh, same tournament in poland we had jakob unsunel making semifinals in doubles um and then we move a little bit more south to africa north of africa morocco where again isabella skog won another grade five tournament which is her second in a row so very impressive by isabella and i think uh, this is uh yeah something she should uh be very very pleased about cool yeah a lot of juniors is in uh is in action we like that exactly and then finally we had this grade five event in Bergen, uh norway where we, as always, when it's uh, grade five in Scandinavia, has full, full, uh, almost full domination of Scandinavian players. Uh, best was it from Mille Mörk that won doubles with Frederik Pape in girls and made final in uh, in in singles, where she also had match point uh, earlier today. Uh, so that was a shame for Mille, but uh, still a good week for her, and hopefully she can, uh, yeah, start uh, the, the next year very well and and close in. How in do you final... know? How do you know they have match points? Oh, it, I have context. I have context <laughs> on side. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. And then in the final, Miele and Pape won over Danish Swedish pair uh, Zoe Pascal and Emma Lind um, in the final. And in the boys, we had Henrik Villanger again, second week in a row doing semifinals and in in uh, in grade five. And Philip Sönerqvist was also uh, in semifinals. So that was the wrap up, more or less. 
Wow. I think the juniors is doing much better than the seniors. Uh, we had a good senior. We had a good senior week as well. Uh, yeah, and again, you can say much more players are also competing. I guess now I don't know the number, but I guess at least minimum thirty uh, Scandinavian juniors was out playing this week. So of course we need if thirty is playing, then we, of course we will see result. If we saw thirty pro players from Scandinavia playing this week, I'm hundred percent sure we would also have a lot of results to mention. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh yeah exactly and, and it's different uh, I mean the the levels are uh of course uh, different in the juniors as well uh, of course much more tournament so so yeah. the, the the general level is 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 a little bit uh, a little bit lower but I can tell a little bit of a side story here in the yeah. end if if you want oh, um, I want that everyone yeah, wants that and also maybe the listeners it was for me it was a fantastic week I have been in um in Canarian Islands this week and I was among so many great uh, Scandinavian uh, pro male players and it was yeah a bless to to hear hear from them talk to them and watch their matches uh, so I will just say that we in Scandinavia at least on the men's side but I think also on the women's side a little bit we have a very strong um, yeah united um, spirit uh, even that we are not from the same country. Uh, for example, when I was watching um, uh, one Swedish player or one uh, Norwegian player, I was among the other Scandinavian players also watching. So that is, yeah, just really, really good and really, really nice to see. But but to be honest, I think that, that uh, how do you say, uh, that team spirit is higher on the men's side than the women's side. Uh, okay. I think. And I think actually, now I don't know about the other countries, but I think it's, the same inside, for example, Sweden, that the boys are closer to each other, each other than the girls are. That's just a feeling I have. But uh, yeah, I think maybe so. no, no. But and then after I had dinner with the same guys, and we were sitting like eight people around this uh, this uh, this table, and the talk was was switching from Swedish to Danish to English to Norwegian, and it was like yeah, it was just like um, yeah. Amazing. Uh, one big family actually somehow and i think that that i i had to mention so that yeah, was pretty of cool of course and uh yeah we like that you're you're in the middle of everything we our guy inside here that's uh that's amazing uh, yeah and and i add the danish because otherwise there would not be any danish players uh there i guess if, if i wasn't there <laughs> uh Rune, next week, we uh, next episode, we will talk about Elitserien. And uh, I think we both look forward to that and uh, to give a preview before the, the league starts. And uh, because it starts next Saturday. So we hope we can reach out with the next episode on Friday already. Uh, that's our goal, at least. Uh, let's see if we, we will fix that. But uh, that will be fun to, to talk about uh, the league, right? Of course, it will. It's uh, I think highlight of the year for for many uh, Swedish clubs and many Swedish players. So of course it will be yeah very very interesting and hopefully uh, you will be on site, but maybe also I will be on site. So that would be uh, cool to maybe later on in the league do a, a live pod from uh, the final week. We hope so. We hope so. And uh, yeah, so next week we 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 will hear what your thoughts are uh, about which players that will maybe dominate, uh, which teams that will dominate. And which teams that maybe will have a tough time uh, and uh, yeah, fight for their survival uh, in the top league. So, yeah, I think that's everything for this week. Uh, Rune, just finally, what have been this week's biggest highlight from your perspective? 
I'm very happy to see Clara back winning. I must say I have been worried about her and her tennis, but it's good to see that uh, she could manage not not so much winning. Of course, winning is nice, but I was very happy to see that she could compete five uh, five days in a row and and play five matches. So that was of course the highlight. But I also liked the time in in Maspalomas with the other Scandinavian players. So that was too exactly. Do you think because? Clara and Holger sort of broke through the senior tour at the same time. Do you think she she can feel a little stress that uh, Holger is doing so good, or she doesn't compare herself at all? No, no it's it's two different. Uh, how can you say? Uh, yeah, uh, sides of tennis, men's and women's, and and Clara actually broke through before Holger winning WTA tournaments, before he won ATP tournaments, winning matches in in uh, Grand Slams before uh, he and he also in juniors she also won junior Grand Slam before him. So I think there's nothing. They are just friends and uh, hope the best for each other and hope the best for for Danish tennis. Do you know if uh, now I ask you questions you you might not know? Do you know if uh, Muratoglu will still keep working with uh, Holger uh, next year? Of uh, of course, yeah, I think so. I think so, yeah. I mean, maybe not full calendar, but he won't for sure be there in the corner for 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 some events. I'm I'm yeah, I'm I'm hundred percent sure of that. Right. Why why change a winning tactic, as you say? That that's that's uh, that's uh, how it is. Uh, Rune, thank you for for this talk today, and uh, for all the listeners, uh, stay tuned for the next episode. Uh, maybe before next weekend already. Uh, so uh, yeah, talk to you again then. Bye-bye. And now we're joined by Ole Storhaug. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Ole, I'm thinking we can start with uh, what's your position in Stavanger at the, at the moment? Uh, at the moment, I've just started uh, half a year ago uh, as a manager of the club. All right. And what's... And, uh, before that, I have uh, done, I think, almost uh, everything. <laughs> uh, competition, uh, courts, uh, adults. Yeah, I've been uh, yeah, and, doing and, a lot. And now as a manager, how do you like that, uh, that new role? And uh, because I guess that's more, more outside of the court than you have done before then. Yeah, I, uh, I would say it's been... Uh, uh, quite different but uh, at the same time I have been in all the departments of the club so I I feel that I have uh, quite a lot of knowledge of how things uh, should be and yeah yeah I see and uh, Stavanger is is, uh, is a quite quite big club uh, can, can you can you explain how the club have grow since you started there and how uh, what, what do you think like the, the next kind of steps is uh, the next couple of years yeah Stavanger is a big club and uh, there has already been a waiting list there for uh, for many years and uh, and now with Kasper Ruud it's just uh, increased and there is like 400 on waiting list instead of 200 and uh, 400 Wow. Yeah. We have, uh, I remember when I started there, it was like uh, two, three hundred members. And uh, we started to do uh, lessons with, uh, with the kids and adults and stuff. And there were those guys uh, a little bit uh, angry because they couldn't have their regular 
less now not lesson but uh, court at five o'clock anymore so it's been a big check now people are happy if they get one at nine o'clock <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and and how because a lot of the tennis in Norway as you say it's, it's kind of popular now but a lot of tennis is is uh, how do you say fixtured around Oslo uh, how how is it to 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 work and live in in another part of Norway tennis wise? That uh, that uh, has been a little bit challenging because uh, at least before there were a lot of people uh, in in Oslo didn't quite understand our needs and how it was to run a club outside Oslo. So so I think everybody is more. Uh, paid more attention to that. It's a different thing to have a club in Oslo uh, and Stavanger. And if you are a smaller club from a smaller place, it's it's a different story. So, but I think that is uh, getting much better. So mm. more understanding. Yeah. So, so you have a good, uh, good uh, cooperation with the Federation today, you think? Would you say that? Yeah, I would say so. Uh, the federation is definitely going in the right uh, direction. Uh, some uh, challenging uh, things maybe yet, but uh, uh, a lot, uh, uh, a lot of things are different than it was like 10, 15 years ago. I would say. Mm-hmm. And in uh, a good way. In a good way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, you, you uh, Stavanger is is well known for, for uh, organizing a lot of, of uh, tournaments and a lot of competitions. Uh, and I know, Rune, you, you have been there a lot of times uh, for for those. Uh, Rune, sh- shoot out. Uh, what no, but I think it's, it's good to say that, I mean, of course, we always want to talk to Ole. But the reason why we want to talk to him now is because Stavanger just hosted their beloved uh, tennis week they have had for yeah Ole can correct me but I think for for more than uh, more than ten years at least uh, uh, with the uh, growing from year to year uh, first I think it was only maybe tennis Europe and then you added on Masters Grand Prix ITF right Ole yeah and that was like uh, that. That started a little bit uh, because uh, uh, we wanted uh, our, all our juniors had to travel to play uh, good tournaments before, and then we saw that uh, we must start to arrange uh, a lot of things ourselves to uh, to don't uh, that they will end up with all this traveling, and then it's like developing because I was also traveling a lot with juniors and I was always a little bit uh, boring when it comes to semi-final and final and there was like uh, <laughs> some players there and some parents and that's it so so that's the idea about uh, doing a lot of things at the same time because you still have to like uh, you need a tournament uh, director there you need like uh, people to make uh, cook and make food and you need like so I think it's much more fun when you have a lot of people all the time mm, mm. But, but but how is it to 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 have those at the same time is it tough with the early mornings late evenings or how is the scheduling working out with the matches yeah it's it's uh, quite tough but uh, 
but it's also become a routine so we know exactly how to put the schedule and how to do things and how much food we need to make and and uh, how many um, how many records we have to string so that's actually quite easy but of course the the days are are longer but when you have like a good structure and uh, know all the things it's also easier to to uh, uh, include more people because you can uh, tell them exactly what to do and uh, we don't have to be there uh, this time i wasn't there uh, 15 hours a day like normally i i can uh, easily go home and rest a little bit and everything will be fine mm. Mm. and um uh do you think it, it, this tennis week does it get a lot of attention in stavanger like outside of the just the tennis uh, like yeah uh, do people know about it about it yeah we it's been a little bit better with the media and stuff in general in norway now uh, both because of Kasper and also because more and more people in Stavanger are, uh, know that uh, there is actually one of the Norway's biggest club there and uh, mm. a lot of things going on. And uh, yeah, so I would say uh, they will, the hotels and also downtown actually, I think they notice that there is something going on. With all these uh, foreigners from other countries coming, and uh, yeah, I think uh, I think it's in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Good. Uh, about uh, Stavanger, as you said, it's it's a, it's a big club, one one of the bigger clubs in in Norway. What's the uh, what's your goal for the club? Is it to produce a lot of international players in the future, or or? What do you think is uh, Stavanger's role on the Norwegian tennis map, so to say? Yeah, I would say that uh, when you are a club with uh, eight indoor courts, and uh, uh, hopefully we're actually going to get uh, a couple more now uh, in uh, in some years' time. Uh, I think you can uh, you can do everything. You can produce good players and you can have the recreational players. Uh, I don't think we have this uh, problem that I can see. Uh, maybe clubs in Oslo with four indoor courts, they have the, maybe this fight with the recreational and uh, are they going to be a top tennis? We, I think we can do everything. Okay. And that's an yeah. uh, advantage. <laughs> it is, it is, it is. Uh, Rune, uh, do you have uh, have more questions? No, I mean, we, if we focus a little bit more on the on the tennis week, Ole, what do you think would be the next step uh, for this to keep developing? Uh, could it be that you add, for example, a future, or you uh, raise the grades of the uh, tennis Europe category and the ITF category, or how do you see this product that you you especially have been responsible for so many years can keep on uh, developing? I, I I don't see we're gonna do uh, anything uh, different with tennis week uh, except that uh, trying to do make it better every year and maybe add some social things. Uh, uh, but we have plans for other tournaments to maybe upgrade the the J five we have in um, 
in uh, February to be to be a uh, J3, and we uh, we we look at that, uh, and and uh, also uh, as I said, we the politicians have uh, actually promised us uh, two more indoor courts that includes like uh, a center court oh. with uh, the right uh, height uh, and uh, space uh, outside the court. So. Uh, when and uh, and if we get that, then we I think we could uh, see on uh, maybe future and even challenger. But right now we need to put uh, uh, a surface in the in the expo uh, hall beside the club, and that's that's like a little bit too much work. And you start you start with a lot of minus when you need to put down the surface every time you do a tournament. And, so I, I see uh, I see nothing big except the J three uh, before we can move to to new or uh, uh, facilities. What uh, about ITF veterans, uh, Ole? I know you have a lot of veterans playing up there. Have you considered that? Yeah, that could, that could be like uh, we tried to include that in the tennis week uh, some years ago, but. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, I don't think the club and the players in the club were ready for that at that moment. Uh, but we are in the club working on uh, uh, creating like uh, a, a veteran group that makes some uh, training and go to tournaments, and then we can might uh, try that again. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, if Rune, should we release uh, Ole, or you have something else to to add? I'm good. Yeah, I could just say uh, one of uh, one interesting thing that I think all uh, clubs uh, can uh, work on, and we have started on the process by using uh, all the time during a week uh, to to like schedule working hour for coaches, so that uh, we in a way have. Uh, we can have an offer for for members uh, Sunday and Saturday mornings and uh, before work practice and everything and that's uh, really interesting because I I see in uh, in general too many clubs are just used uh, Monday to Thursday from uh, two o'clock uh, nine o'clock and mm-hmm. that's uh, that's actually under fifty percent of the capacity so I think we have a lot to do there uh, explain that, uh, what kind of offers is it you're you're offering them we have uh, started this uh, drop-in program for adults which you can uh, uh, that are have been running in uh, before work at 6 30 and we have like uh, every saturday four hours and uh, we have uh, uh, daytime uh, weekdays Mm. We have divided the, the the players into levels, and you get the invitation only to the groups that uh, fits your level, and then you pay, and then you go and practice. Mm. Mm. And okay. we also offer like uh, some types of technical drop-in. Then it's uh, maximum three players. You play, you pay a price, and uh, you have like more bigger group. Then it's another price, and. Uh, a little bit uh, divided. Some is one hour, some is one and a half. And I, 
I think that um, uh, everybody wants to play tennis in the weekends and in the mornings, and uh, but they just don't want to pay for 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 uh, four times if they only can go there twice because they go to the cabin and they do other things. And yeah, that's uh, that also make it possible for us to uh, offer coaches uh, more normal working hour because we have like activity all the time mm, mm, that's very true yeah. uh, I, I think that's uh that's a thing many clubs maybe needs to uh, do more of uh, to, to use the courts uh, during daytime but also like you say for the coaches to to be able to have better working hours yeah. some, some days uh yeah very interesting uh Ole, super nice of you to to take your time and join us here. Uh, thank you so much for for that and uh, good luck uh, next year, for example. <laughs> thank, thank you. you Ole. Bye. Yeah, as uh, we said, that was it for this week. And uh, every all the listeners, uh, thanks for for listening again and please share this podcast with those who you think will would like to to follow the results for the Scandinavian players or would enjoy just to listen to 40 minutes of uh, tennis talk uh, each week uh, please spread the word spread the word about the pod uh, we would love to get more people to know about this project uh, talk to you next week again about elite serien